Hello, what you are about to hear is a preview of this week's premium episode on It's Just Banter. If you would like to hear this episode in full, along with the full archive of previous premium episodes, go to patreon.com slash it's just banter. It's only $5 a month to subscribe. I've, uh, I've started reading a book. <clears throat> it's called The Prize by Daniel Jurgen. It's a history of oil exploration, and uh, it fucking rocks. I've been learning so much about oil. I've not really been learning that much about oil. I've been learning more about oil exploration. And uh, I, have, I got some more stories I want to tell you about oil. Okay. Um, you, have, you have 20 minutes. So in uh, World War II, see, whenever you say that, the listener is going to look down at their iPhone, and you're either going to look like a prophet or you're going to look like a, a, a dummy. <laughs> like if they look down, and they're like, fuck, this is, this is 50 minutes left on this podcast. I guess TC really big-dicked him. Um, but it might it might say exactly twenty, and then they'd be like, "Wow, look at him go!" Um, so we got to uh, World War One in the oil book. World War One, big war for oil, big moment for oil. Just whenever people were kind of like, "I guess this will be a daily part of our lives, pretty much from here on out." Um, and so the because that was like you know the the guys who are pumping the oil out of the ground. They're going to every important person in the world and being like, I think that this stuff can do everything. And then the people who are making the decisions are like, all right, buddy, quit trying to sell me your oil. Fuck off. Like uh, with Britain, it's a big thing of like a lot of the early oil explorers are British dudes. And so they're trying to convince their government to switch from coal to oil for army purposes, for Navy purposes. And... You know, they're like, all right, so let's just think this through. If we're fighting a fucking war and the oil's halfway around the goddamn world and we're just sitting on this big pile of beautiful British coal, why on earth would we want to be running on oil, uh, which like can be, you know, like supply lines can be disrupted versus running on coal, which we just have to dig out from under our feet? That's a compelling argument. Honestly, like I would have had a tough time if they had put it in my hands of whether or not we switched oil. Because the reason why you want to switch is like it's better. You know, like the yeah. the ships are faster. They're <clears throat> able to do a lot more things, you know, whatever. You could um, – with the case of uh, the army stuff, uh, they said that uh, you want a horse for every three men before you had the internal combustion engine. And then the horse eats ten times more than every man does. It's like, you just got to be carrying around big fucking troughs of horse food all the time. And it's, it's just tough for a military. Inefficient. Yeah. To keep those horses fed versus keeping the car fed pretty easy. Um, and so one of the pitches that the, it, the big dude in this part of it is the guy who founded shell oil. Uh, so he's, he's a British dude named Marcus Samuel and he's telling the Navy, um, hey, you know how you make TNT? Well, you could actually make that with oil. Like there's an ingredient of TNT that they used some process. Well, like it was, again, it was coal-based. They were like, got all this fucking coal. Uh, we'll just make our TNT out of that. And he's like, you can make much better TNT out of oil. And uh, they, despite having all this coal, some point in World War One, they're like, we're about to run out of TNT. We're just not going to have any more for the rest of the war because the we're just using too much of it. And the other like pincer on the other side of it is they're looking at the TNT that's being used on them, and they're like, 
we know that the Germans are using the oil-based TNT. It's like, we know that it does work. You know, like that was kind of a thing where like, he's like, I promise it'll be the same. And they're like, all right, buddy. Uh, and so like, well, it is fucking killing us left and right. So I guess it does work the same. And so like, all right, we're ready. We'll do it. We'll do the oil-based TNT. And he's like, I wish you guys had come to me with this earlier. Because, <laughs> you know, before the war, whenever he's trying to make this point, and they were like, we have no interest. Um, Shell worked with, uh, like, do you remember when it was called Royal Dutch Shell? I do not. I feel like in the 80s, it was called Royal Dutch Shell. But like, maybe not our lifetimes, but certainly in our parents' lifetimes, it was regularly called Royal Dutch Shell. And Royal Dutch was a separate company um, that was also, they, they were the, both the big suppliers of the Asian market, where like uh, Shell was pumping it out of Russia and Standard Oil had already got a pretty big vice grip on Europe by the time that Shell comes into the, into the picture. It's the only place they can sell theirs is Asia. So that's what they do. And then uh, a guy, a Dutch guy finds oil in uh, one of the islands of Indonesia and they're pumping it out there. So they're, they're the two competitors in the Asian market and they're like, you know what, we can make a ton more money if we just merged. And so uh, they're Royal Dutch Shell. And so whatever the British had been disinterested in making the TNT with oil, they had just made that refinery, like the, the refinery that produced the kind of oil that you would need for TNT, they had put it in, in Rotterdam in the, in the Netherlands. And uh, Netherlands were um, neutral for World War I, but they could tell that this German TNT that's fucking killing them boys is made in this plant. They're like, this is, it's getting to them somehow. Uh, so this is a big fucking problem that Britain needs a refinery that makes this kind of TNT oil and they need for the Germans to stop having such a refinery. So they take apart the entire Rotterdam plant, load it onto a boat like in one night. No. And just fucking sail the entire plant over to England. What? <laughs> yeah. And the, the way the book's written, it's I, I, I have to figure that taking apart the plant took more than one day. <laughs> I have to figure that, right? Um, but uh, the, sa- like the loading it onto the boat and sailing, that's, that's definitely, they had, you know, as much darkness as they had that evening to get this done. You can't be doing it out in the daylight. The Germans are going to see, like, you know, they, they're not like in control in the Netherlands, but if you're moving a fucking factory in daylight, people are going to be like, what's that? And someone involved with Germany is going to find out. And they, uh, they did the classic espionage <laughs> thing of releasing these plans but saying the day wrong. They were like they, like, they let the Germans know surreptitiously so that the Germans thought it was their own idea that uh, they're going to be moving the plant, but they said it was going to be the next day. Uh, so whenever the plant's already gone, um, there's a ship leaving the harbor at Rotterdam that the Germans torpedo. And hmm. so, like, you know, you don't know why they torpedoed it, but seems like they fell for it. Wrong one. Yeah. And then they, they set up that plant and they made another one, um, you know, based on that. And that supplied 80% of British TNT for the rest of the war. Pretty amazing stuff. That is pretty amazing <clears throat> stuff. Um, there was a point early in the war, because, you know, you World War One, like Germany...